This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping engineers succeed in work and life. The show is hosted by engineering enthusiast Anthony Fasano and Chris Knutson. Both are professional engineers who found success early in their careers and now work together to help other engineers do the same. Now it's showtime. This is the Engineering Career Coach Podcast, the show for engineers who want to succeed in both work and life. And I'm Chris Knutson, your host for today's episode. I trust that this finds you doing well wherever you are and whatever project you happen to be working on around the world. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the core skills needed to be effective in business etiquette, from how to dress to how to prepare for and pull off a successful business lunch or dinner. And we'll be hearing from one of the experts in this area, Barbara Pachter, who's been featured on CNN, NBC, ABC, and is a recognized expert when it comes to business etiquette and the impact it can have on your and your engineering firm's bottom line. So if you think etiquette isn't a skill you need to hone for your engineering career and business, think again. Without sound etiquette skills, you're introducing a large amount of risk into your portfolio. Etiquette is vitally important to both career and business and relationships overall, and it's a key component in building the brand of you and your company. So you may not like it, but you really don't have a choice. And during today's episode, Barbara will provide you with several etiquette-enhancing actions you can take to enhance your style and delivery in your next conference, working lunch, or performance review with your boss. But before we move into the main segment, I want to recognize our sponsor for today's episode who's making this show possible. It's PPI. So if you're thinking about taking the FE, PE, or SE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI. They're the leader in engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Just use promo code COACH at PPITopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com. And use promo code COACH for a 20% discount. All right, now I want to give you a quote related to today's topic to bring us into the show. And this one comes from William Cuppy. He tells us that etiquette means behaving yourself a little better than is absolutely essential. And with that, let's move to the main segment of today's episode with Barbara Pachter on how to increase your etiquette skills to boost your engineering career and business. Now it's time for the main segment of our show, and for today's main segment, I have with me Barbara Pachter, president of Pachter & Associates, which is an internationally renowned business etiquette communications company. She's a speaker, coach, and author, and has delivered more than 2,100 seminars throughout the world, including the first ever seminar for businesswomen in Kuwait. In 2010, NJ Biz named her one of the best 50 women in business in New Jersey. Her client list boasts of many of today's most notable organizations, including Microsoft, Chrysler, Bristol Myers, Squibb, and a whole host of other names that you know. She's the author of nine books. I understand she's actually working on her 11th, so maybe the bio is a little bit out, out of date. But one of them includes Greet, Eat, and Tweet, 52 Business Etiquette Postings to Avoid Pitfalls and Boost Your Career, When the Little Things Count and They Always Count, and The Power of Positive Confrontation. And her books have been translated into 11 languages. She is quoted regularly in newspapers and magazines, including the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and many more, and has appeared on numerous TV shows, all of which you've watched to include the Today Show, CNN's Anderson Cooper, and many more. Pactor's areas of expertise include business etiquette, presentation skills, business dress, positive confrontation, and much more. She holds an undergraduate and graduate degrees from the University of Michigan, 
which is, uh, as much as I hate to say it, the other school in Michigan, and completed <laughs> and completed postgraduate studies in the Middle East and at Temple University. Pector received the Teaching Excellence Award while an adjunct faculty at Rutgers University and in the MBA program, and she's a former ESL teacher. And Barbara, I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'll just have to say, even though we are recording this for for purposes of the show today, that we didn't talk about the fact that uh, we went to rival schools because I'm a Spartan. I figured that out just recently. <laughs> so there you have it. We'll just throw that out there a little bit of a little bit of rivalry to uh, to start things off. But but certainly the we're talking about etiquette today, so there will be no rivalry when we're we're talking about such an important topic. So the show notes for today's show are going to be at theengineeringcareercoach.com. And as always, those show notes are going to contain a summary of the key points that are going to be discussed, as well as any links to resources, websites, or books that Barbara are going to mention during the show. And again, you can go to engineeringcareercoach.com. This is really an important topic, and I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about this one, because it's one that I'm going to bargain to guess, and I know the answer to this, that not a lot of engineers spend a lot of time thinking about the E-word, which has to do with regards to etiquette. So why do you think etiquette is so important? It's incredibly important because how you conduct yourself with others really matters, and etiquette provides the guidelines so you make a good impression. Who would you rather do business with? Think about it. A gracious host, somebody who greets you, sends you a thank you note, delivers on his or her promises, or someone who does the exact opposite. The difficulty is that we just don't think about it. And that's a good point because one of the things is, you know, as I was preparing for the interview today and I was really thinking through this is that certainly when I started off my engineering career, never spent one moment even thinking about etiquette. It was only as my career progressed and I was had the opportunity to move into a couple of different positions within my military engineering career where I was in positions where etiquette was absolutely important that I had to become a very quick study. And I quickly learned that etiquette is sort of like, for all the engineers listening today, etiquette is like specifications. So we're all very familiar with the specifications that we might have to use with regards to concrete design or steel, the different steel that we might choose for reinforcement. Etiquette may be one way of looking at that is that there's books on this. You can go out and you can review that. So let's say I'm an engineer. I've really never given any thought to etiquette. What am I missing out on? How might this affect my promotability, my ability to land a client, my ability to get a job? Are there literally tangible returns on investment that if I'm not getting adequate correct, I may end up having negative effects? Absolutely. In addition to giving seminars, I also coach people, and I've coached a number of engineers. And one of them was, was not going to get a promotion because he didn't dress appropriately, and they were very concerned that he would be mingling with clients and not be a good representation of the company. Another, I believe he was an engineer, was going to be sent overseas, and he was very shy and he didn't mingle. And they were concerned that he wouldn't be a good representation of the company. And, you know, it's interesting that you talk about specifications because that's what I do in my books. I take these big concepts. What does mingling mean? Well, you can divide it up into very specific steps that will help people master that task. That's brilliant. And we, we may come back to that one a little bit later on and ask you to maybe unpack what that looks like as far as mingling is concerned, because 
that is such an important aspect of a lot of you know of what a lot of engineers do, especially when they go to they go to conferences or any other kind of networking events. But on the uh, on the topic of dress, I want to jump into this one because this is one that I'm I'm really interested in. I personally wrote a blog post about the importance of appearance and the clothing that we wear and how that how that transmits to others who we are, what we think, even just you know generally you know who we are as a person and our character. And I and I actually got probably of all the uh, <laughs> of all the posts I've ever I've ever written was one that, that generated the most negative comments. I thought it was pretty interesting. So I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on why is professional or business dress so important? And it doesn't have to necessarily matter. I mean, we're obviously we're talking to an audience of engineers, but even as engineers, we're interacting with individuals who are not engineers. But why is dress, you know, our appearance, the clothing we choose, why is this so important in the interactions that we have with other people? You're absolutely right. People say, well, it doesn't matter what I wear. It doesn't matter what I look like. What's important is the work I do. Well, that is true. The work is really important, but you have to get in the door. You have to get people to want to work with you. And clothing can help create a positive impression in others. I mean, now, if you're really that brilliant, if you're Mark Zuckerberg or you're Steve Jobs, who cares what that person does? If, you know, Steve Jobs showed up at my house and wanted to come in and help me, I didn't care what he was wearing, but most of us aren't as brilliant. And so it does matter. We're always making an impression. Therefore, it does carry some weight. If I know who Steve Jobs is and he shows up wearing, you know, wearing his black, you know, T-shirt and pair of jeans or Mark Zuckerberg dressed the way that he is, very casual, which is how we normally see them, we'd invite them in because we know we've seen them. We know who they are, but... Let's say I don't. We don't know who they are, and this is the first time I've ever met this individual. I have no way of knowing whether or not they actually have any expertise, any understanding, any knowledge whatsoever that they're going to actually be able to help me with whatever my problem is. Are there certain rules you have identified or maybe come across that dictates how and when you might make a choice as to what you wear, or are there different situations that maybe dictate that? Well, regardless of the choice of clothing, and there's a whole lot we can talk about that, there are some givens, or I like your term specifications. One, your clothing, your clothes need to be clean, press, no holes, no frays. You don't look very competent if you look like you're showing up in your big brother's pair of pants. So that's the first thing. They need to be appropriate for the situation. So if you're going to a very small office, it may not matter, but if you're going into corporate headquarters and you'll be interacting with higher ups, it certainly does matter what you're wearing. So there's a lot of variables that can come into when you go to choose your clothing. I mean, it's the first impression that somebody sees you, they see your clothes. And do you want them to see you as a professional and somebody in clothes that fit, that are appropriate, that signal that I'm a professional and I'm here to do my business? Or does it look like I've just gotten out of bed and or partied all night? It's not a difficult choice. That's actually a very good way of putting it. I think probably I would be willing to guess that most people who are listening to this understand that in concept and hopefully are able to be able to wrap their minds around that and be able to put that into play. So I want to shift for just a moment here and ask you, it's kind of associated to this, but we can also move into some different areas as well. Over years of experience in interacting and really discussing the etiquette issues, what are three of the most common etiquette faux pas that somebody needs to be aware of? 
Well, one of them is very recent, relatively recent, and that is people posting negative things on social media. What you post can and will come back to haunt you. And people don't stop to think about that. They criticize their employer. Now, it may not get them fired, but it won't get them promoted. So that whole area of social media is creating a huge opportunity for people to make mistakes. Again, people have gotten fired because of what they posted on Facebook or Twitter. So that's the first one. The other one is so simple. It's almost embarrassing to say, but it's so important. And that's not reading people. You know, you need to say hello to people you know and you don't know when you're walking around the building and when you go to work. When you, the person that you say hello to on the way to the interview may ultimately be the person who is interviewing you. And you've already established minor rapport. You've established yourself as an approachable, friendly person. That gives you a leg up on anybody else interviewing for that job. And people are shy. They just don't know to do it. And it's really one of those simple things that people don't stop to think about. But you have to say hello, you know, good morning, goodbye to people as you're walking around. And that, the other one is speaking too softly. It's etiquette, but it's also communication, basically not speaking up. And a lot of both men and women have a tendency to be very soft-spoken. So when they do speak, they just don't have enough volume for what they say to register on others. And if anybody's ever been in a meeting and they said something and nobody responded, yet 20 minutes later, somebody at the end of the table said what that person said, you know, and he or she got acknowledged for it, it chances are the person who originally spoke up was speaking too softly. Those are all good points. And I think we, you know, we come back to the issue of, well, I mean, it really comes down to two issues here. It's communications and, and appearance. And I think there's so much that'd be said about perception. There's the adage of, you know, perception is... I think possession is nine-tenths of the law. I think perception is almost 100% of the law. I mean, it's it's the perception that other people have of you is going to be dictated by their view of you, not only from appearance, but but also from what you say and your actions. So I think it's so important to say that. Just from my own personal experience from a lot of engineers that I've talked with, and this has been throughout my entire career, you talk with them and they say, you know, this etiquette thing, appearance, dress... You know, it's interesting, but it's really not that important. The dress, my appearance, all this other stuff is not important. What's really important is my technical skill. That's, you know, my, my technical skill and my knowledge as an engineer, that's what's going to carry me through. What do you say to the individual who's who has those thoughts running through their mind right now? Well, the first response would be, well, then you can't complain if you don't pay any attention to this when you don't get the promotion. That's the first thing. The other is that try it out. You know, start greeting people, dress appropriately, go out of your way to help people, be nice to people, establish relationships, send thank you notes, and then see if there's a difference. They may be very surprised. We'll link up in the show notes for today a couple of templates that you can use. They're actually templates that I use on a very routine basis when it comes to the thank you notes or follow-up notes for any kind of interactions that I've got, either either people that I've met at a conference or any other type of an engagement. So we'll, we'll provide PDF download that'll have two or three different templates that you can, you can copy over and use for yourself. I think, Barbara, that's such an important, I mean, it's a very simple thing to do, but carries so much weight, especially in the world that we live in today, where everybody's so much used to getting an email or quite frankly, getting nothing at all from anybody they meet. 
being able to get that, you know, kind of a written letter or a, a thank you note or something like that on the back end is so important. And I think that's a great point, definitely. What you're talking about are the fundamentals. And I love this about, they talk about a football coach who's working with his players. And basically what he's teaching them over and over again are the fundamentals of the game. And they want to get better at it. So you practice and you practice and you practice. Absolutely. You know, so I had that opportunity throughout in my career to have served as a in the military as two different times as an executive officer. And for those that aren't familiar with what that position is, an executive officer is a typically a junior officer. It's always going to be a junior officer to a much senior officer. And your role is to provide, I'll say, executive support. So you're, we're going to be talking about uh, handling the more senior individuals' correspondence, their schedule, their email. You're going to be responding on behalf of them. Essentially, you represent that more senior individual in all regards. You put together their presentations. You write their correspondence. I mean, there's just a, a ton of different things, that the responsibilities that you have. And I had the opportunity at a very, very young point in my career, literally my, my second position out of college, and then a little bit further on in my career, maybe my fourth or fifth, about 10 years into my, my professional career, to be an executive officer. And Barbara, one of the books that I used, I actually went and bought this book, and I, I took a lot of flack from my peers for having this thing sitting at my desk, but it was called Service Etiquette. We'll provide the links to this. Some people would classify as being old school, like from the 50s, when it talked very much about the proper way to sit at a table and place settings and things like that. But it had a ton of great examples of letters and notes that you would write to people either as RSVPs or saying thank you or sitting your regrets for not being able to attend an event. And actually, some of the letters that we'll share with some of the people on today's episode came from that book. I mean, they're, they're templates that came out of that book. So to me, that was my specification book. That one was very much military related, but are there any kind of, I'll just call them specification type books or resources that people be able to help build for themselves kind of their own framework of etiquette or to be able to develop their own templates for either communications or writing? After you mentioned nine, my 10th book is called The Essentials of Business Etiquette, How to Greet, Eat, and Treat Your Way to Success. And it covers the areas that we're talking about. And it gives very comprehensive but not overwhelming amount of information on how to hold your knife and fork, how to write a thank you note, how to dress for work, how to speak up, how to develop your career. And it's an easy read, and yet it's very thorough in what it covers. And we'll make sure that we that we link that book up in the show notes here. And I'll just throw out, I mean, I've had the opportunity throughout my career to work for and work with very senior leaders, both in the military and outside of the military. I've had the opportunity to literally travel the world and to interact with different cultures. But I just want to throw out at this point in the interview and just say that etiquette is so important to how you interact with other people, which is one of the reasons why I was so excited to do this interview today and to share this information with you. I mean, I've seen it from the interactions that I've had in a multinational environment, interacting with many, many other nations all at once, as well as individual one-on-one -on -one interactions with people from different countries, as well as I'm an American, you know, just dealing with other Americans, you know, other people from my own country. It's so important to get these basic elements correct that especially in a business setting or a professional setting that you really need to spend some time looking at this, and I'll be the first to tell you, and Barbara, we were talking about this on the front end, 
that when we talk about etiquette, these are all elements that you can learn, right? I mean, this is not stuff that you need to be like specially genetically predisposed to. You can learn etiquette, proper etiquette, and how to interact with other people, correct? Oh, absolutely. I call these things little things. I mean, how you hold your knife and fork, whether you uh, answer how you answer a phone, how you reply to an email. They're really all little things, but you put them all together and they create this impression of you and it can work for you or against you. And also, this is important, though they are little things, will they always matter? No. Will they sometimes matter? Sure. Will they occasionally make the difference? Whether you get that promotion, you establish a relationship with that potential customer, you bet your life. Is it worth it? I think so. But you never know when that when will matter. So why not practice good etiquette all the time? That's a great point. You know, because I always like to ask these kinds of questions that kind of say, okay, well, that's that's good. But maybe I've got running through my own mind that this really kind of sounds like paying deference to somebody. There's all kinds of adages. I mean, some people will say, you know, it sounds like I'm polishing apples or I'm kissing bottom. If I go through and I'm trying to do this etiquette that I'm really trying to appear, maybe I'm being, I'm appearing disingenuous. Is there some sort of a, a gray line or maybe even a red line that somebody may cross from authentic, kind of bringing themselves across authentically versus being inauthentic when they're trying to be, you know, to convey etiquette? I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get to is, is there a point where somebody can go too far with, with trying to follow etiquette and appear disingenuous or inauthentic in what they're trying to accomplish? You know, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure you can go too far. I mean, if you write somebody a thank you note for their help, but then you get them a present and then you take them to dinner, maybe you can overdo some things, but that usually doesn't happen. But I guess that would be it. If you just, you do something, but then you do way more of it than's necessary. I mean, somebody takes you to lunch, write them a thank you note. Do you need to do more? No. I guess you could just overdo things. I once had a, a woman email me, can I say thank you too much? And I always tell people to say thank you. And the answer is yes, you can. You know, you say thank you and you usually need to say it once, maybe twice. You don't need to say it 10 times. So I guess in that sense, it's overdoing the etiquette item. But other than that, nothing comes to mind in terms of not being authentic about it. Because saying hello to somebody, what's wrong with that? Dressing appropriately, speaking up. Those are all, to me, good things. And also, people can learn to be assertive. They can speak up on important issues to them. And they can learn to speak up in a way that doesn't put other people down and yet clearly expresses what's important to them. Some of the interactions that I've had with individuals over, you know, over my career, this issue of you know, being inauthentic and being authentic when it comes to interactions and disingenuous versus really literally just being your person has come up, especially when it comes to these kinds of issues. So I think it's important to be able to unpack that. And I'm glad that you did that for us. So as, as we kind of try to help set the framework for what's considered proper etiquette versus improper etiquette, could you share with us maybe some examples of, of etiquette blunders or bloopers and maybe even innocent mistakes that can hurt a career? And then as you do that, maybe unpack for us some of the things that we can do to guard against those. Uh, how much time do you have in terms of the blunders? <laughs> One is a, a senior director took out a, a potential client to dinner. And during that dinner, 
the senior director licked his knife and the potential client took his $30 million worth of business someplace else. It was a $30 million lick and it was costly. Wow. So how do you overcome that? Chances are he wasn't even aware that that's the senior director, that that's what he did. So you need to pay attention when you go to a meal. If you're uncomfortable, get some etiquette coaching, read a book, learn how to maneuver a table. Generally, the guideline is you start from the outside with your utensils and you work your way in. So there's things that people can do. Oh, the other in terms of dining is don't take your neighbor's bread. And people have spent 20 minutes trying to figure out who took each other's bread. There's some really simple guidelines for people. When you're looking at your place setting, think of the car BMW. So in the middle is your plate. To the left of that is your bread plate, and that stands for B of the BMW, B for bread. In the middle is meal, and to the right of that are your glasses and your water glass, which where you get the W from. So you look at your place setting, and you think of BMW, and you will no longer take your neighbor's bread. So that's the first one in terms of dining errors. Another one, and this one, you know, people know they shouldn't do it, and they still do, and that is getting drunk. This is a young man at the holiday party, got so drunk, cursed out his boss, got fired on the spot, and then couldn't understand why his badge didn't work the next day. He had gotten fired and had no recollection of it. Have you ever watched the episode Mad Men or any of the Mad Men episodes? No, I haven't. I'll send you a follow-up email, two or three different episodes you might want to watch because they're prime examples of um, successful etiquette activities in a lunch or dinner business engagement and some also some not so successful <laughs> etiquette engagements. And I think it'd be useful. Actually, you could probably use some of those in your classes on what to do and what not to do. And I think that those are actually some very important aspects for anyone who especially is going to get end up finding themselves into a lunch or a dinner engagement to spend some time understanding the basic etiquette procedures for how to work the table that you're sitting at. And if you've never worked food service, if you've really never had any kind of formal training in this, it's certainly worthwhile. And if you don't go and, and learn this from uh, from Barbara's books and certainly doing some some research on the internet so that you're not uh, completely naive when you sit down at the uh, at the dinner table, very, very vitally important and something worthwhile to take some time learning about. We're going to maybe shift just a little bit because it, it, this is one of the other issues and it comes into etiquette. And I, I, some of this is also communications related. But I think at the end of the day, it kind of plays into the same aspect. And that's that, you know, from my experience, it's certainly not uncommon for someone to find negative talk in their workplace. You know, people aren't happy with their pay or their coworkers or, or their boss or whatever. From an etiquette standpoint, what's the downside for someone who is very negative and quite frankly, very vocal about it? And what are some tips that an engineer can follow to steer clear of becoming Mr. or Ms. Negative in their office space? There is research out of University of Michigan that says if you surround yourself with depressed, negative people in 20 minutes, you will also be depressed and negative. So there are things that you want to do to make sure that you don't stay around them for very long. The first is when you're talking to people, see if you can change the topic. Sometimes, you know, oh, we talked about that. Let's move on. You can sometimes do that. If that doesn't work, you can leave the group. You can say, oh, you know what? I have a meeting I need to get to. 
you can say something, you can be assertive and say something. Oh, you know, let's move on. I don't want to go there. You know, I just don't want to talk about it. So sometimes you can say things, but it is important not to surround yourself with negative people because you'll find yourself becoming negative also. And it's very easy to get yourself, especially in, from a negative standpoint. I've, I've read research as well. It says that, you know, for every negative thought or negative input that you hear, it, it can take four to five positive inputs to negate that, that we have a tendency in our human psychology to immediately go to the negative. And I don't know, if Barbara, if you've heard that as well, but that's a lot of some of the research that I've seen. And so with that being the case, especially if you're if you're surrounding yourself or you're surrounded with people who are in a negative mindset it's going to crush you unless you're really going out of your way to make sure that you're maintaining that positive mindset. You can always find some good in something. I mean, it's just, if you keep looking at the negative, why get out of bed in the morning? Absolutely. Based off of this conversation here, we're going to link up in the show notes. Anthony and I both have a number of posts where we're, where we discuss gratitude. In fact, just recently on our blog, that was one of the, that was the focus for the month was on the issue of gratitude. So we're going to, we'll make sure we link all those up in the show notes to today's uh, podcast notes. There was a book, a man wrote a thank you note to somebody every day for 365 days. And by the end of it, his life had totally turned around. So let me shift here just a moment. I'll just add, kind of ask is, you know, what might be three actions that a person can take to fine tune their professional image? The first one would be to stay up to date with technology. Be aware of what's going on in social media and make sure you post appropriately. Knowing the latest things so you can talk about them. You don't necessarily always have to be, you know, greatly involved, but have a sense of what's going on in technology. You don't want to sound like a dinosaur. The other is to make sure you update your clothing and your hair. Styles change. Stay up to date with that also. And then the third one, is, and it's back to what I've been talking about, is work to establish rapport with people. You know, greet people, make small talk, find out a little bit about the people that you're working with. Now, you don't need to know everybody's life story, but knowing a little bit about their life can help you connect with that person. So those would be the three that come to mind. How important do you think it is to make sure that your clothing is fine tailored? And I'll bring this up because I've had this conversation with a couple of different individuals that I've personally coached. We get into clothing and I've often told them that buying a suit off the rack is a good start. But when you buy that suit, you need to take into account the fact that there's an additional cost that's going to be associated with that, which is going to be going to visit your tailor to have that suit or that clothing tailored to you because just off the rack isn't going to cut it. I have a little bit of different take on that. I mean, I think people need to buy the most expensive clothing they can afford. You don't need to have people need to go into debt to buy an expensive suit. I think you need to have clothing that fits you, that's made well, that's the right color for you, that's, and that you wear what's appropriate for the event. If you can afford to get your clothes tailor-made, that's even better. But there are some ready-to-made suits that people can just take off the rack. And again, if they have good tailoring, so they make sure they fit, they can certainly wear those clothes. The interesting part is that people don't need a lot of business clothing. They need good quality clothing. And as long as they you know, choose the right color and they fit and they wear the right accessories, those clothes will last a long time. Absolutely. And I just know from my own personal experience, I mean, and, and maybe even for yourself, 
I'm willing to spend a little bit more on the front end to make sure that I've got something that's going to last a longer period of time. I don't have an extensive wardrobe. I just have a very quality wardrobe. I have a great tailor. <laughs> great tailors yeah, are worth their weight in gold. The, oh, the, my God. The one area that I would encourage men to, to get custom-made clothing are shirts. Yes. It's hard to find shirts for men, especially big men with big shoulders, but maybe they have little necks or vice versa. Make sure they, if they get, they go to a good shirt maker. And once they get the pattern made, it's really not that much more expensive than buying them off, off the shelf. And having a shirt that fits somebody appropriately is really a nice look. That's such a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. My suits or jackets that I wear are off the rack and I just have them. I've got a great tailor who's able to make those look like a million dollars, but I actually do some would consider a splurge, but I do have my shirts custom made because they fit. <laughs> yeah, they look amazing. And I can't even begin to explain to you, to anyone in words, how awesome something that Taylor made looks. So that's a great point, And I appreciate you sharing that. So let me ask this one. It doesn't matter if there's, if it, and we've, we touched on this a little bit earlier in the conversation, but oftentimes you hear that, you know, the power lunch, power dinner, we've touched on a couple of major flaws, but what are some of the other major flaws that people can make and how does one plan in advance for that power lunch or that power dinner so that they can make sure the event is going to go off exactly like they plan? The first thing is to understand that the purpose of a business meal is not food. Okay, it's business. Now, you may need to eat, but you're not there for the food. And once people make that shift in their head, everything else is much easier. People want to order what they know how to eat, what is easy to eat, and what they like. They don't need to order these very messy meals that they have to spend a lot of time concentrating on so they don't get food all over themselves. The goal is to talk to people, find out about the person that you're sharing a meal with. It's not about the food. That's a key point. Definitely a key point. So where can people learn more about you and your work? I have a website. It's www.pactor.com. And that is P-A-C-H-T-E-R. They can also connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Barbara Pactor. Or follow me on Facebook. And that would be facebook.com slash Pactor Training. I have 10 books out. They can get them on Amazon. The latest, the edit, latest etiquette book is called The Essentials of Business Etiquette. How to greet, eat, and tweet your way to success. And we'll have uh, certainly have links to all of those resources in the show notes. And that's, that's going to be great. We'll make sure that we get everybody connected with you because the content that you've got is absolutely amazing. So I appreciate that. All right. Well, Barbara, you've already agreed to stay with us for the Take Action Today segment, which is absolutely awesome. And we're going to uh, transition ourselves over into that section where you're going to get some more information on actionable advice that you can take on increasing and enhancing your etiquette. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show, and today Barbara and I are going to give you actionable advice you can use in your engineering career or business. But before we do, I'd like to offer a word from today's episode sponsor, PPI. Engineers often ask me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use in preparing for the FE, PE, or SE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. Now I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exam. 
and I recently had a chance to demo their review courses. That's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Just use promo code COACH at ppitopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code COACH to get that 20% discount. Barbara, what's one piece of etiquette advice you wish you'd known at the start of your career that you learned the hard way? I was very shy as a young person, and I wish I had known that I didn't need to be shy. And one piece of advice that I learned and I share in my seminars is that when you go to conferences and meetings, if you pretend you're the host and it's your job to make other people comfortable, it eliminates any of the nerves that you have because you have a job to do and you have to make other people comfortable. You have to go up to them. You have to talk to them. You have to make them feel that you're interested in them. And it is an incredibly helpful tip to overcome shyness. That is huge. And I've, I've actually not heard that one before. I've got a conference for myself coming up here in just a couple of weeks. And uh, that's very useful. I'm actually going to walk into that next one. I'm quite frankly, I'm not all that particularly shy, but I'm certainly going to look at it from a position of I've got a job to do and it's my job to make sure that everybody else stays comfortable and engaged. So that is an absolutely great, great piece of actionable advice. Well, everyone, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to engineeringcareercoach.com and either search for this episode and leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. Anthony and I monitor all the comments, and we're going to respond if you leave us one. We'd love to hear from all of you. And until next time, please continue to engineer your own success. Thank you for listening to the Engineering Career Coach podcast. Be sure to visit engineeringcareercoach.com where you can find all past episodes and also download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also to help develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.